Hey, everybody, welcome to the New World Pictures podcast bonus episode number 14. Um, we have a very special guest on our bonus episode today, guys. A guy that I'd like to, I think at this point, we can all call one of our best friends. Oh, like at this point. definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm talking about Matthew Goody Goodhue. Um, we call him Goody. Please don't call him that. That's just for the three of us, okay? Because that's <laughs> that's how close we, uh, we don't are. Don't tell him. Either. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> don't say that. Don't come up to him and say, Goody, like, don't pretend. Like, that's something you have to earn, and yeah. we did, and so don't try to steal that. Yeah, you okay? got to put in the time. Yeah, exactly. You got to put in the time, and we did. We actually had a great chat with him. He's a writer-director filmmaker and he's got a brand new movie out that you can watch right now on vod it's called whoa you know that wasp nest at the house and i've gotten rid of that thing about half a dozen times now charlie wasn't a big deal at first hey charlie but then there was other things like charlie window screens doorknob charlie i don't think i wanted me to leave the house going to stay in that house get rid of whatever don't make you happy i'm working on it my dad left a lot to do i've been thinking about the car about selling it we just got the car why do we want to sell it dad's car you really should talk to your brother about this it's not his decision finally got back to me huh this thing is going to destroy you just like it did your father. Leave. Before you hurt anyone else. What is this? These are my brothers. Your father would have been here too if he didn't kill himself. What were you building back there? Russ, I think I'm seeing things that aren't real, man. Who says it isn't real? Do you know where it is around here? Yeah. Hockamock Williams, do you know where that is? This is our family. We are. Come on. Just look at me. Come on. I'm gonna get you out of here, alright? I'm gonna get you out of here. Close it, goddammit! Close it! by the way is w-o-e just in case it's a little not w-o-a-h <laughs> yeah like whoa <laughs> it's not when i do the all-male nudie remake that'll be called right. whoa right <laughs> with an exclamation point with a little yeah. boop at the end it yeah, looks like <laughs> for all that it's going to be the same thing a brother and sister stumble upon their father's secret one year after his death they soon learn that the secret may not be his alone um it's a creepy and yet i have to say kind of a funny film yeah. I, I thought there yeah. were some very funny moments to it so yeah. um creepy scary darkly funny um very visually uh, very tense engaging. very very, yeah. tense. very tense yeah yeah expect a, a slow burn on this one mm-hmm. um and an actual burn at one point so um check it out <laughs> on vod and uh, right now this is a really super fun chat that we had with Matthew Goodhue. Thank you so much for for being on the show. We're so happy to have you, Matthew, on the show. And congratulations on your first feature. This is so exciting. Thank you. Yeah, thank oh, you awesome. so much for having me. Thank you guys for talking and for checking out the movie. Oh, you bet. It was our pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, we just wanted to ask, like, how the, because this was your first feature, and uh, how did this all come about? Like, how did this happen that you, uh, I know you were making short films before, Mm-hmm. Um, I watched yeah. a couple of your short films, but now Ooh. you uh, and now you're you've made your first feature. So how did that come about? Yeah, yeah. So I've I've been kind of working in just you know kind of ad agencies and production companies, just trying to get uh, my footing. Um, I I grew up in Massachusetts, and the idea of like doing film didn't really exist. Like I didn't really consider that as something to pursue. Um, but I went to school at BU. And 
and took one film course and was just like, holy, holy shit. Like you can talk about movies in such a deep way that I didn't really know people did. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just kind of opened my mind to what film can do. And I moved to Los Angeles, like you're, you know, you're kind of told you're supposed to do. Right. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I, I think I was just so concerned with like finding a job and not, just you know disappointing my parents that i i just like dove into like doing advertising and commercials and whatever i could do to just keep going Mm -hmm. um and you know that's good and and it's it's a way to learn how it works but i i for a lot of that i wasn't really on the creative side i was producing um or you know starting out as like a pa and stuff and it's fun to be on those projects but you never really feel like they're yours or that you're really con- yeah. contributing to it. You're, you're making sure everyone's fed, which is important, but it's like, it, it, it just, I was leaving a lot of those projects just feeling kind of empty. So um, just kind of started, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who are musicians. So I was fortunate that I could kind of convince them to let me to try to make music videos for them. Um, and oh, through cool. that, just, you know, kind of formed a little, crew of of different people and different um parts of production that um i got along with and who you know were interested in some of the projects i was trying to pursue so um when it came time to either make another short film or make another music video the idea of like oh yeah we i kind of moved out here because i love movies and i want to pursue that how much longer do we kind of put it off because it's too scary and we probably can't pull it off. And, you know, you're sort of thinking you need permission to go make it. Um, And we, I think we just kind of got to the point where it was like, I, you know, we can't wait around any longer for somebody to knock on our door and say that they want us to go make a movie. Like, we realized that wasn't going to happen. Well, it, it um, happened. It happens in LA. Like it just doesn't yeah. happen. It doesn't happen. Like it's, yeah. you know, in LA, they do come around the Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every now, every, every every other Friday, they, yeah. They yeah. Go and they knock on the doors, but like, I kept it checking. Gets, it's just hard to wait. Yeah. You know, it's, hard it's to still wait, hard man. to wait. It, it's because I've been waiting that I, I still work in advertising. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I trust me, I do too. Uh, but, um, I mean, yeah, it, it got to the point that it was like, why not try to 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 make this into something bigger? Like, what's the worst that could possibly happen, you know? Um, so, you know, kind of shedding the fear and shedding the idea that we that we weren't ready um, was the first big step in being like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to just start writing this down um, and see where it goes. And luckily I, you know, from the start, I had some actors attached and my DP attached and just kept letting them know every few months as I was struggling to write and figure out what I was doing that like, Hey, I still want to do this. Are you still interested? Um, And luckily, you know, everybody kind of stuck with me and was patient. And when it came time to like, okay, I think we're ready or we're going to do this. uh, Everybody was, was down for it. We, we did it in 13 days, which was, Wow. Uh, insanely Quick. fast, but it was wow. also like, that's the most time I've ever had on a project, you know? <laughs> so uh, it felt weird to, you know, be able to work 13 whole days on one thing. Um, but also in the scheme of things, it's like, man, yeah, it, it's, it's a fast amount of time to try to make a cohesive movie. But, um, For sure. I, you know, we had a lot of fun doing it. Did you uh, already have like distribution and everything set up before you started? Or did you just kind of like, I wrote the script, you kept your your group together and then just kind of dived into it and sort of did it on your own? Yeah, I, I got to say, I did not think about distribution at all because I feel <laughs> like if I did, I wouldn't have made it, you know, because sure. I would have been like, I don't know who this movie is for. I'm not the best salesman. I'm not going to go and like convince people to give me a bunch of money. For me, the biggest thing was like, I just got to get it filmed. I just need to get footage. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of make my living as an editor. So I was like, if I can get footage, I'm mm-hmm. confident enough that I will at least, it won't be a conversation anymore that we talk about the movie that we're going to make. It, it won't just be the script. It will finally be 
something that we can start shaping and and see see if what we you know tried to do works. Um, so for me, I I didn't. I probably should have, you know, because <laughs> it's in some degree. I know uh, folks have been like, "Is this a horror movie? Is it like a indie movie? Like what is it?" And I don't fully know myself. Um, I know we wanted to try to pull a lot of different things into it to make it something that was, you know, kind of different. Um, but yeah, I think if I was I, thinking about distribution, uh, I, I would have like freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome then that you just kind of went out and just decided you were going to make it. Um, I was going to ask because, you know, we obviously cover a lot of movies um, by New World Pictures. And I know R- Roger Corman used to like start off projects by like finding a location or, mm-hmm. f- or taking a set and saying, hey, we have a set. Let's let's make a movie this weekend. Um, so was that sort of like what happened with the house that's sort of not the entire location, but, but largely the loc- the, the main location of, of the movie. Certainly. Yeah. That house is owned or, or rented by a friend. So that house was a very important element when I was writing because that's what was in mind. That was how shots were designed in my head. Um, we also, like one of the first things we spoke about was just the image of a guy with a casket on the top of his car driving into the distance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like that, just that image was like, I'm sort of interested to know like why he's doing that, what got him there, what he's thinking about while he's driving, where's he going? Yeah. Um, it, you know, ended up being like a, like visually it's one shot in the movie, but right, that right. image itself was like kind of sp- created the the beginning of of the story um and having that location was was super important the house location because we knew a lot of the movie was going to take place there we we thought it felt you know it didn't totally feel like a los angeles house um i think so much you always if you shoot a movie here it's like I, i think so many people try to not make it be los angeles which we did <laughs> um, uh, but there's like palm trees and like some license plates and stuff. But the house itself just felt, to me, it felt kind of New England like. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just yeah. felt like lived in and foreboding and old. And we wanted the movie to kind of have that rundown feeling. So, production design wise, like a lot of what we did in that house was just like removing stuff instead of mm-hmm. really needing to add a lot because um, a lot of the character was already there. Yeah, as I as I started watching it, I immediately checked the filming locations on IMDb, and I was actually surprised that it was in Los Angeles because yeah. it does have a East Coast or even Midwest feel to mm-hmm. it. It didn't feel LA like. Cool. It's that yeah, walk up too, like that short porch, that short mm-hmm. front porch. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have kind of a. That's what I really liked about it. Like you walk up the bars and the windows, the the screen, you know, metal metal door. It just felt very like. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not yeah. very don't, welcoming. Don't it isn't sunny, yeah. you know, yeah, sunny California. And we, weather there's no, wise, there's no Lakers flags. Like, no, we, just we, we, yeah, we had a, I would have had Boston Celtics flags, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think we would have had to pay money or something. Uh, but um, yeah, totally. And we, like, weather wise, we kind of lucked out that the days that we shot there, it was pretty gloomy, like, the whole time. We had oh, one nice. day where it's like the sun started to break through. But for the most part, it was like, oh man, like it's, it's usually not like this in Los Angeles. This is kind of working out for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely has like a very foreboding feel that entire mm-hmm. house. So that's why I was wondering, like, I feel like if you walk into somebody's creepy house, the first thing I, you know, I would be like, oh, how can I do something here? We got to make yeah. something here. <laughs> this house is creepy. We need, yeah. we need to do something here. That's, I wondered that's if that something... was some part of it. Totally. Yeah. That's something like when I first started working uh, in production and stuff, a director that I was working with advice he gave to me was like, always be location scouting. Like where, whenever you're driving, whenever you're going for a walk, it's like that, those little moments, the little, the scenery or the building or whatever it is, it's like can create an idea. So that's something I, you know, I don't always do it, but I try to be cognizant of it, uh, especially in Los Angeles where it's like, um, you know, I mean, a lot of, I, I try to kind of gravitate a little outside of Los Angeles because you tend to find people who might let you film like for free or you know, right. just be right. excited mm-hmm. for you yeah. to be there type of a thing. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, not only does the house have a foreboding feel, but like from the very beginning of the movie, like just from like the, the music and mm-hmm. the shots that uh, your DP Michael Lincoln uh, chose and like what your composer Jimmy Welsh did, like it's like instantly like you really are like, oh shit, something's, <laughs> this is, yeah. something's going down. This is, yeah. this is not good. This, something's yeah. going down. Um, yeah. So could you talk about working with them? And I know you had said, you'd said before that you, you know, you, this is sort of like your, you and Michael have worked to, together quite a bit. So um, what was it like? How did they contribute? And what was yeah. it like working with them? Yeah, Michael is a friend that, yeah, we've, we've worked on a few things together, but um, it was like, you know, not a lot of prep or anything. I just, he was, he's just like a really intelligent um, artistic person and doesn't let me like, he always asks why, you know, which is very, uh, he doesn't let me just do a shot. Cause it's like, Oh, this will look neat. He's like, <laughs> but, like he makes me explain things. And sometimes I have to make it up a little bit, but uh, I mean, that part of the whole process, when I kind of think back of it was, my favorite. We, we had maybe a week and a half to just kind of, I would go to his apartment and we would just sit with the script and look at like scene by scene and be like, okay, we don't have any time to shoot this thing. Like how can we tell this story in as few amount of shots as possible? Um, use these shots to actually help tell a story because we knew there wasn't going to be a ton of dialogue. We knew Mm -hmm. we didn't want to have a bunch of exposition. We wanted, you know, a big challenge of the movie was like making, telling a movie about a family that can't communicate to each other. So it's like, how do you Mm -hmm. communicate how these people are feeling if they're, if they don't know how to communicate themselves? So, and that's all coasts that really, that key, that, that, that sort of, uh, <laughs> covers the entire United States. That covers oh, totally. coast yeah. to coast. <laughs> yeah. That goes coast to coast. Everybody, yeah. we got it. We're covering all families everywhere there. Oh yeah. I mean, that's something that it's funny. It's like, you think your family's unique, you know, with like the stuff that you go through and then you talk to one person you're like, Oh, everybody's family's the same. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, yeah. It's for some reason it, it's really hard to talk about these things. Um, and you know, it's a bummer. So, uh, working with Michael, you know, it was just that week and a half or so of just sitting and breaking down the script and figuring out how we can, you know, create tension and help propel the story forward just with camera placement and camera design, um, was so much fun. Like for me, when I watch movies, I, that's this kind of stuff that makes me excited, um, so to sit with him and do that was like, was, was super fun. And then he's, he's like such a positive energy too. So having a guy like him on set who like, if you're feeling a little down or tired, he somehow can always like perk up and, and get everybody excited. And um, he's from Australia. So I don't know if it's an Australian thing, if it's, <laughs> if it's the accent or something, but it's like, he was definitely like a jolt of energy um, that helped the movie in such a big way. And Jimmy Welsh is a friend of mine from the like third grade, I think uh, oh, wow. from back oh, in Massachusetts. Wow. And he's a musician and a super talented singer and songwriter and producer. And he's never really done anything film wise. Um hmm. I just, him and I, it, I, I don't know if it's just because we've known each other for so long and, you know, just have a lot of history together, but like, we didn't have to talk too much about what it had to sound like. We knew we wanted to stay away from like a big score. Like we knew the movie was intimate and small and we didn't want a score to like make the movie feel like we were trying to be this bigger thing or just get in the way. So um he you know something we talked about a lot was just like trying to make the sound design and the any music within the movie um which a lot of it is non-diegetic and like radio and tv and stuff Mm -hmm. but anything that we were kind of putting as soundscape like we wanted that to feel kind of cerebral sort like the the idea of it sounding like like a headache was something we said a lot of like we want this sound to be kind of drony and as if like you, you know, there's just too much going on in your head that like things are getting muddied and, and yeah. you can't think clearly. So yeah. um, 
yeah, so it, it was fun to kind of sit with him and lock ourselves up and uh, just have him, you know, kind of play around with things. Did he yeah. also write the music in the car scene? Um, no, funny enough. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, the, the actor who plays Benjamin, the park ranger, is mm-hmm. also another, it's funny, Jimmy is an incredible musician. Uh, Ryan Katner, who plays Benjamin, is a musician. And then Adam, who plays Charlie, is also a musician. Huh. Um, Ryan Katner is in this group called Man Man. And they are like, they're so much fun, so energetic, they put on like the craziest show and they have like nine people on stage. Like it isn't a, <laughs> a rock show. It's like a opera. And I know, and like mm-hmm. that can sound like, Oh my God, like art music or whatever, <laughs> but it's, it's so fun. And Ryan has so much energy and that song isn't man, man, but it's a side project he did called mega naturals, which is just like, <laughs> which it which does is, not sound natural at no, all. It's just, he, he describes it as noise music. And I was wow. like, I want to like the idea behind that song was like this, the guy who's driving the boyfriend probably Mm -hmm. stays at home in his basketball shorts and like makes music uh, thinking like he's going to make it big. And like, he's, that's the type of music he's making is just like loud, like, oh, (laughs) Like and dude, dude, check out re- my SoundCloud, bro. You should yeah, check yeah. out my SoundCloud. Yeah. He's the, the Uber driver that just like cranks up his music, and you're like, "Yeah, this is good, dude." Um, so just like, drop we, me off where I need to go and don't kill yeah, me, and that's yeah, fine. Please. Yeah, I'll buy the record. Like I promise, just like, get me out of here. Let's be fair; it's a CD, not a record. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's right. a CD. Yeah, it's, it's a bird CD. CD. A bird and he has one CD. in the front yeah. seat. He can yeah. give it to you. He's got a yeah. stack. He's got a stack of music on the. Yeah, like, Dude, you sure you want to give like I don't want to leave this or anything uh but yeah I mean we kind of put that in as like okay as a joke a little bit but um it it kind of fit and I we tried to find a, a sense of humor in this movie which mm-hmm. isn't soup you know I, I hope some I hope people find the humor in it because no, I, I don't know if it's like definitely. totally overt but um we tried you know a, a David Lynch movies and Twin Peaks, um, mm-hmm. yeah. the humor of those that like, it's just like uncomfortable and weird. Uh, that's, it, that's the stuff that I love to laugh at when I watch movies. So little things like that, we try to sprinkle in to maybe lighten up a movie that is otherwise kind of solemn. Yeah, no, I thought Ryan was, was really funny in, mm-hmm. as Benjamin in the movie. Yeah. I really yeah. enjoyed him a lot. I thought he was great. He was, um, he had a tough job because he was in scenes with people that nobody was giving him anything you know it's like every character is closed off and doesn't want to hear him and he's Uh like like trying to peek in and like yeah you know uh like i i think while we were filming he's like am i doing okay like i feel like i'm annoying and it's like yeah (laughs) like you are you kind of are but like that's who that's who this character is you're trying so hard um you know, but I you, think mean, it, you mean well. No, I, I think it was a, it, I think it was a nice um, uh, opposite to the family structure. I mean, you talked about this family yeah. not being able to communicate, and I think all of us, at, at one point or another, have been in relationships or our family is this way where we don't communicate well. But we've also played that person that's trying to bridge the gap and mm-hmm. not getting any feedback and not really making any success. So it was kind of it was really great for me to kind of see both sides of the house. And that made it really interesting to watch how the three of them would interact with each other. Yeah. And And also was, was the park ranger outfit like a conscious decision? Was that from the beginning? (laughs) I didn't write that in, but uh, I think I got a text or something someday of a picture of a ranger hat. And Ryan was like, Hey, bought this. Like, (laughs) I was like, dude, we don't have enough budget for a ranger hat. Um, But it, it sort of, it, it seemed to play into this idea that like, uh, he's this sort of helpless trying to put out fires yet. He can't even handle like a wasp nest. He's like, and like the hat was a little too big. Like it also, (laughs) it seemed like he's like, plus like you never really see him at work so it's like are you a park ranger is this like a costume that you wear <laughs> yeah um yeah it was sort of like he's he's helpless he's doing the best he can uh but he's he's not super effective <laughs> yeah i really dug the cast in this movie i thought you cast it really well um and it's great to hear that you've worked with them before i i did recognize 
some of them from from dames as well mm-hmm. uh your short film which is really funny by the way so uh, uh thank you and that was interesting because virgil and dames your other short films that i watched were sort of like the two different kind of tones like there's that sort of humor that you have but you also have sort of like this you know the situation that's sort of this building tension of just what's happening in these people's lives so it was sort of these two things which was kind of interesting to see what you were doing before this which sort of merged them together but um i also wanted to ask how james uh am i saying russo why am i saying why do i suddenly can't say it right why uh yeah so i wanted to bring up james russo uh who peer who's in the new world uh, movies freeway and the the vineyard um, how did oh, you? How did, I haven't. I haven't seen either of those. Yeah, I gotta watch them. Yeah. He has so he has so many credits. Yeah, he does. True. <laughs> He's yes. the best. He's also in a little movie called Beverly Hills Cop. I don't know if anyone's ever heard yeah, of it. I don't know. Like, I don't know if any. Know, that's probably know, one of his lesser scenes. Under the films. radar. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's maybe people will get into it. You don't know. The eighties are kind of coming back in a way. Um, so, so how did he get involved? Because he's also an executive producer. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't have. James locked in until we began filming. I, I think we were like three or four days out from filming his scenes. Um, we reached out to several people mainly because it was like, we didn't have any actors. We didn't have, I had never made a movie before. We were, we were like, we don't know if people are even going to respond to us. So like we reached out to a couple people um, and Ryan Gibson, the producer who really pushed this movie into into a place where it could be made um, was able to connect with James and the, the character of uncle Pete that James played written down. He was a lot nicer of a guy. Uh, <laughs> he was a lot, he was a lot warmer. He was sort of like the weird uncle that like would, you know, when you were 13 would maybe give you a beer and be like, ah, it's fine. Like don't say anything. Um, when we met with James, he he brought like so many ideas to the character like i like ryan gibson myself and james got together for dinner um like in between shooting it was like a night like we wrapped and then we went and got dinner with james to talk to him about the movie and within like two minutes he was like standing up in the restaurant like pacing like doing this uncle pete thing that he was thinking about we were like damn man like yeah like he 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 just really thought that we could convey a lot of the tension and trauma that this family has gone through and what this guy has gone through, like without a lot of dialogue, you know, it's, yeah, I, I think right. as a writer, you know, you can tend to overwrite because you're scared that people aren't going to know what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, originally those scenes were, were a bit exposition-y and, James came in just like with this like intensity and I, you know, you know, I, I think without him, the movie wouldn't really, it wouldn't be as tense and suspenseful as it is. Like he brought an intensity that I don't, I I don't even know if I was like ready to write something like that. Um, And just seeing an actor who's been in so many movies who like, could have just shown up and done the thing and left. Like he gave us like two days of rehearsal for free and just like sat with us and talked about the scene and talked about why this and why that, and just like rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. Um, And to have a veteran person like that on a set with people who, you know, have been working in the industry, but you know, we, everybody was like trying to go up to that next thing. Mm -hmm. Like, Michael Lincoln hadn't DP'd a feature, but he'd, you know, been doing commercials and some other things. So it, we were all in a position where we wanted to be, we weren't quite doing what we wanted to be doing. So to have somebody like James come in, who's just done such good work and have him be just like, so down to, to, to help us out and um, like work hard. And he's just a guy that like really loves acting and really loves making movies so it was so refreshing to see that mm-hmm. um, and to like kind of be friends with the guy for a little bit and just, you know, at the end of every take, he'd be like, was that good? Like, like, <laughs> like trying to be better. And it was just like, dude, I don't like, yeah, like you're doing exactly. Like, I don't even know what notes to give. Like you're doing everything so, so well and so intense. And um, yeah, he's, he was great. And 
luckily he's reached out and been like, Hey, let's do it again. So that was very exciting to be like, okay, we didn't like scare this guy off or just, you know, make a fool out of ourselves. So now <laughs> James is in your pool of actors that you guys yes. are like, that's I so know, I, like, wow. yeah. So yeah, any, I'm like definitely writing stuff now. And it's like, now that I know James, I'm like, I think I know what I can do with him. You know? How cool. That's great. <laughs> so that's, that's, awesome. that's been fun. Yeah. Um, so I, I have to ask, uh, you were talking about some of the uh, sort of David Lynchian humor that you wanted to um, uh, weave into the movie. So was one of those jokes, the fact that people are ordering an unusual amount of milk uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, after a while, I thought this has got to be a bit that's the, going on here. <laughs> the amount of milk and the amount of coffee was like, I love for some reason, I swear anytime I'm watching a movie and a character comes out with coffee or there's a coffee being poured, like I say out loud to my girlfriend, I'm like, damn, like that looks that coffee looks really good like I, just, <laughs> I, I love i love coffee in movies i don't know why mm-hmm. uh, i love coffee in real life too but uh, <laughs> there's something about like a, the diner scene in movies that i always mm-hmm. get excited about one of the producers when he first read the script the first thing he said he was like there's a ton of coffee in this movie like, <laughs> like we're gonna need to be prepared and like you know, have enough on hand so we can actually make this work. And yeah, it's like, it's funny, I hope, but it's also, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I think coffee also kind of adds to a lot of the anxiety Mm -hmm. (laughs) as much as like, you know, uh, you're trying to calm yourself down. It's like, but I, first I need four cups of coffee. Right. Um, (laughs) It kind of helps with the tension. Um, yeah, of of the character, poor uh, poor Benjamin, because he's just trying to get Charlie to eat something. Because I yeah. really think that could have helped if he just had a meal. If he like <laughs> just sat eat and, something, like, buddy. Yeah. yeah, but it's like no, like I like, and he's that's like, something I just coffee, just pure. Yeah. Co- I'm living on pure coffee right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's something like I've talked with Adam about a lot. Who plays Charlie was like him and I have you know. We, we've gone through times where it's like where anxiety or depression feels so impossible. And in those times, it's like, you don't like yourself. So you don't even like the idea of sitting down and eating and allowing yourself to eat for 20, 30 minutes. It's like, you don't like even deserve that. It's like, (laughs) and it's like, it's funny to look back on and be like, that's so ridiculous. But like, I don't know. It's just, we've had that conversation a lot about like, man, I wish we didn't have to eat because it takes so long and we feel like we need to be doing so many things during the day. Like if I could just live live on water and coffee, it'd be great. Uh, But it's not sustainable. So yeah. (laughs) So you've tried it. So you've tried it, but it's. Trust me, dude, I'm making this movie. I lost like I'm a pretty thin guy. I lost like 15 pounds just because it was like water, coffee, like just, you know, and it didn't have to be that way. (laughs) I think I I just like, it's just, you get so in your head and so freaked out that you're like, you just can't stop. Um, But if anything, at the end of the movie, the hope is like, no, you can ask for help. You can take a second, even eat a sandwich. Like it's, it's going to be okay. (laughs) I need to make three movies. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to ask also about the um, the creature design because I just that was just so good. I loved yeah. the way that looked, and it's it's on the poster, so I don't feel like I'm uh, and totally. in the trailer, so I don't feel like it's something that it's an untouchable because I didn't want I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to like spoil too much about the movie. But um, for people that want to watch it, but uh, can you talk a little bit about how the creature design was that like how you had it written in the script or did you know? Did you guys work on a couple of different designs before you settled on something or, or how specific did you have it? Um, and when did you know exactly what you wanted? Yeah. Um, in the script, it was always referred to as hunchback creature. So we knew, okay. I knew I wanted it to just be like a looming presence. Um, I didn't quite know, like, and we talked about like how extreme should it be? Should it be this like, I don't know, should it be a full-blown monster? Granted, you know, we didn't have a huge budget, but it was like, should it be something that is really grotesque and otherworldly? And because the movie, you know, 
is sort of first a drama and so much of it is, you know, based on these characters and what they're going through. The idea of having it be too monster-like didn't feel right. So we, we tried to still keep a human aspect to it. You know, it was sort of like, you, you don't really get to see its face, but like, it's essentially like the worst f- version of Charlie, you know, it's like yeah. boils and mm-hmm. sunburn. Yeah. It's as if like, you definitely didn't have any lunch and you just drank coffee and worked <laughs> and like, th- you know, it's like, it feels like this giant monster that you can't outrun and you can't get rid of, but it's still a part of you. It's still human in, in that way. Um, so yeah, we wanted to, it, and it was like tr- trying to keep it kind of simple. We didn't mm-hmm. want to go too over the top with it. So um, like the black cloak, the sh- like that is very much a, a sign of like death. And I, I don't, I don't fully look at our monster as as death itself, but it's it's more sort of like a like a, a cloud that's following this character that's just kind of constantly reminding you that like, hey, you're not good enough. I'm still here. You don't know what to do yeah. about me. Like I don't even have to do anything. I just I can just stand here and it's gonna affect you. That's what I, what I personally really liked about the creature was that it had elements that are scary to you kind of throughout your life. You know, like when you're a little kid and you're like, what was that? I -hmm. saw something in the dark where I pat, you know, something pat, what was that? But then, you know, and things that are bigger than you when you're a kid are scarier. And then it had elements too that are scary when you're an adult of that, like just the age and kind of the spookiness and the breathe, like that kind of like, like snarly breathing (laughs) you know it had so many elements that i was like oh i I feel unnerved by this and it and it definitely for me it it carried um like longevity i was like oh this is something that's been bugging charlie or you know maybe his father like for a Mm -hmm. while this isn't a new creature like this thing has been growing and morphing so i thought it was extremely effective i really liked it Yeah, did you, you so have much. did you have like the red eyes already? Like in this was that in the script? Like that was that was from, yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. we had I'd, we tried to talk about different colors, but red just seemed like yeah, the mm-hmm. right a couple way of red go. eyes like peeking it's out just, at you. Yeah. It's like it's there's something to that, man. I, I don't. I, I, I that's don't, unnerving, man. Yeah, I don't know if my memory is if I'm making this up, but like I have a memory of going to the beach as a little kid. And looking down at my feet and seeing some crab, some sea thing with red eyes, like run across. I don't know if my imagination has taken over, but mm-hmm. anytime I go to the beach, I think about that. <laughs> so when it came, yeah, down to sort of. <laughs> so the beach is your happy place. Yes, I love, <laughs> love the beach. Um, no, I still, like, guys, I, Matthew is just standing over there by himself, just yeah, <laughs> staring at the should, sand. Is he all yeah, right? He won't leave the parking lot. I mean, and yeah, we spoke about like, yeah, do, do we have different eyes to show that different characters have this thing following it? But then it sort of felt like Ninja Turtles or something. Like if everybody, mm-hmm. you were red and you were blue and it's like yeah, red, red is just, you know, uh, it just feels kind of sinister and spooky. For yeah, sure. that's great. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of the less is more kind of things, and just like mm-hmm. having that mm-hmm. alone, I think is like it was yeah. is very effective. And it you just kind of reminded me of something. Um, there was this. It I don't know if nuns lived there when I grew up, but I was told it like used to be a nun house. I don't know what that's called, <laughs> um, but it was Con- near a the convent? Ch- convent. Convent, yeah. But it was it was near the church, the Catholic church, growing up. And around Christmas time, where everybody would put colored lights up and this and that, they only had red candles in the windows. And we always were just so freaked out by that house. <laughs> we were just like, it's the vampire house. Like, so, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. subconsciously I was uh, triggering that. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, creepy, creepy, yeah. creepy. Um, well, thank you so much for all your all your input and questions so far. This has been awesome. Um we always have a segment on here when we have guests 
that I get to ask some questions too. So I would love to ask you some of Erica's stupid questions. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Awesome. Let's do it. Thank you. Thank you. So game. I love it. You're, a tr you're just, you're the best. Cool. So I think probably everybody was thinking this, not just me. Was Frendo difficult to work with? Oh, yeah. It had some diva like yeah. quality to him. Yeah. yeah. Frendo. Yeah. We just couldn't please her. Uh, oh, a girl. Uh, it's a girl. Oh, her, okay. name, her name, her name's Maddie and she's, she was the best. Uh, she's uh, my friend, my friend, Jared Parsons dog, who isn't a dog trainer, uh, at all, <laughs> but he's, he's a producer and a filmmaker. So he, he knew like that he knew what he was getting into by bringing Maddie over. Shouts to Jared um, with the dog, with the dog. Yeah, he brought the dog and she, you know, we did the best we could. It, it was, you know, I'm sure you guys know you're told like, don't write with animals in your script and don't sure. write with babies in your script. <laughs> right. And we were like, this will be like, we'll, we'll get this to work. Uh, it, it was hard. It was hard. Um, yeah. And I, I don't want to bring the good energy down, but Maddie did pass away this past oh, year, no. but she's in, she's in doggy heaven. She had a lovely life. Rest in peace, Maddie. Hey, she's the best. she had like we a last, her. the last act and, of her life. She got to be a movie star. Yeah. I'll say this, pretty Jared, cool. That's Jared, pretty cool. Jared did say he was like, dude, like, thank you like it's so cool that as little of the scene as it is it's like it's so cool that she's credited in a movie and it's like <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah like <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Maddie's the best. But yeah, very difficult. She was very, very <laughs> difficult. Licking everyone. Just, just like, oh, into gosh. Oh, she had gosh. to give her snacks over and over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of snacks, that's a great segue, which uh, leads me to my next <laughs> stupid question. What were James Russo's favorite on set snacks? Mm, oh, that's, that's interesting. He was, he was pretty specific. He was pretty specific. He, I don't think he's much of a snacker. I'll tell you that. Mm. The We had written in the script rice and beans, and we were like, okay, we'll buy some nice rice and beans. We'll bring it to the set. He wanted chipotle rice and beans. <laughs> so, as you do. As you do. rice. Good taste, James. So I didn't catch him snacking on set. Um, you know, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, no snacking, but the chipotle rice and beans that that had to be there. He's Love a pro, it. so no snacks. He's a, he, he you know what I mean? He's, he's like, like he no, a, yeah, yeah, let's stay he's in it. Let's he's stay in it. Let's not <laughs> snack out. Let's stay yeah. in. Let's snack let's in, in if yeah. you can. So I yeah. wanted to talk about about Charlie, about Adam Hafferty's uh, character Charlie a bit. Um, was that was that Adam's real hair? It's gorgeous. That is Adam's real hair. He's got oh, beautiful, nice. beautiful hair. curly locks. Yeah, he he'll he'll grow it out and then he'll cut it really short. He'll grow it out, cut it really short. Ugh. I was like, I wanted the long hair. I wanted the part. It's like, yeah. for me, I look at Adam and I see a little bit of Elliot Gould from like mm. the long goodbye. <laughs> yeah. like he's got yes. a little, I also see a little Humphrey Bogart from Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Like yes. I might be stretching it, but Adam's got this really lovely face yeah, with the yeah. beard and mm -hmm. just these gorgeous locks. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he's grown <laughs> he them longer. He's, he's grown them longer where it's like, like oh, full wow. on Afro. Wow. Um, we didn't go that far, but yeah, those, those are all natural. Love it. So along <laughs> those lines, you know, getting away from Adam a bit back to his character, Charlie, be honest, like, was Charlie completing the chores that his dad left by the hour because he was kind of milking it for some things, right? Like he was really dragging it out. I think so. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think he didn't know what to do, do with himself if the house was ready. So yeah. was the house yeah. doing itself or was Adam maybe mm. kind of just doing the thing? Yeah. I find myself sometimes when I'm cleaning, I'm like, I don't really clean. I just kind of, I, I do like a once over. So it feels like it's clean, but not so much. You like dust a <laughs> shelf and you're like, yeah, oh, that, I'm like that's, that's part that's of it. Better. That's better. Than yeah. it that's better than it was. That was so, worse yeah. before and now it's good. Yeah. So I think it was, yeah, a lot of puttering around. Um, I, my, my dad's the best guy in the world, but I have found like, there's always endless chores to do at the house and mm -hmm. a lot of the time with those chores is walking around 
looking at the chores and being like, <laughs> okay, I got to do that one. But like, let me make sure that other one is still there. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's inevitable. I'm sure. <laughs> totally. Finally, I have to know, um, was it scary filming at night knowing all those creatures were around? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I mean, they yeah. really sneak up on you. Yeah, that must do. have been super yeah. scary. They can get they, up right behind you. Yeah. They they can come up right behind you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, we also filmed a bit in the woods where we had, on the call sheet, we had to notify everybody what tick and Lyme disease looked oh. like. Tick. Oh. So it was like, that was yeah. exciting. Um, and Ryan Katner, he has a scene where he like, you know, he kind of falls backwards. Um he's the type of guy that just if you're like hey man you like you don't fully have to do the thing you can kind of like we'll be tight so you can kind of just fall out of the way he likes to embody what is happening so he was jumping and rolling um i forget what they're called but whatever plant has it's not just thorns but they have like these super spiky um, like like stinging nettle. That that's exactly stinging it. The, yeah. He was jumping into that. Oh, that's not good. Mark, that that not good. And we were like, dude, that you, plant you, you don't have to do that. <laughs> like you can totally just sort of fall out and you'll be good. And he's like, no, nah, I'm doing it, man. It's like so between the monsters and the what, stinging nettle, the, the, the stinging nettle and yeah. the ticks and the Lyme mm-hmm. disease. It, yeah, it was frightening. For sure, Mark. Way to way to go on your your knowledge of ground cover. Like yeah, that is that's like, you, wow, you, came, you came in. You came prepared. That one. Yeah. Well, I, I I have one more question, uh, which is, where did you get the car? Oh, good one. Um, I was in search of a car. I went over a year without having a car in Los Angeles, which wow. um, amazing you know, kind of sucks. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I thought it'd be nice. I thought, you know, save a little money. Uh, but it was like, damn, it's really hard to get around. Uh, I happened to find that car on some used car website down in Long Beach. It was, um, sadly, a man's mother passed away. Mm-hmm. They were having an estate sale. That car sat in a garage since 1991. Wow. It had 50,000 miles on it and was just like totally clean. I was looking, I was looking for, um, and it was, it was always like a car for me to have as a car, but also to be in a movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi vibes. Yeah, going going back to like That's right. to coffee and diners, it's like another awesome thing in movies are the cars. And yes, for me, yes. those boxy Crown Victorias, like yes, just and the scream, color, like, okay, it's that like chocolatey brown yeah. color, which and is like, pretty rare. The interior is all burgundy, like yeah. everything. Wow. Um, I was I was kind of looking for a Cadillac Eldorado because I was like, man, those are cool. And then stumbled upon the Crown Victoria, which was bigger. Um, and the mo I went Did down you- to Long Beach, I sat in the car and I was like, this is not a good idea. This thing is so big. <laughs> like, it is the, it's two, it's the size of two Priuses. It's just like, I was like, I don't think I can have, like, I don't know if I'll be able to drive this. The moment you start driving and you realize like, oh, this is like grandma luxury car. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so comfortable. It took me a little bit to just be confident that I wasn't going to crash into whatever was to the right of me. But um, yeah, kind of once we saw the car and sat in it, we were like, okay. Did it cost you $6,000 and did you find it on Craigslist? It cost me, it cost me four thousand dollars. Okay, okay. I, I just wonder, like, I just wonder if it was the exact price oh, of totally, the movie, yeah. like in the movie. I, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they, the guy maybe could have got a little more for it, uh, but yeah, I paid four grand, and uh, I think the website was actually called Car Gurus, which okay. I am not mm-hmm. a car guru by any means. Um, but I was fortunate enough to find that car. So I still, I still have it. I still drive it Oh, that's it awesome. Uh, Is um, it going to be in your next movie? I don't see why not. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, you know, nice. 
I I hope to film the next movie in Massachusetts, so getting it there oh, okay. would maybe okay. be a thing. But um, I I hope so. It's like it's a fun car. I mean, yeah, that'd be funny to make every movie has that Burgundy yes. Crown Victoria in it. It's like <laughs> why not? <laughs> um, so, do you know what you are doing next? Are you all set to go on the next feature, or is that still being worked out? Still being worked out. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm writing and um, got some music video stuff that I'm, I'm trying to work on in the meantime. Um, Adam Helferty and who's in the movie, he's got a record coming out in the next few months. Um, I don't quite know what he's releasing it as. I think he's figuring out the name. Um, mm-hmm. He's, he's put out records under the, uh, the band American Tomahawk and as Mr. Griever. I think this next one might be a different name, but um we love each other and love working together so we're looking to make some short film music video type hybrid together for some of his stuff and most likely the crown victoria will be in that (laughs) nice nice Uh, awesome we'll we'll see yeah well the movie is called whoa it is out on vod now and is there going to be a blu-ray is there like a blu-ray out at the same time or no or i think so i i don't totally know okay it's it's on vod right now yeah i i believe dvd and blu-ray is gonna happen it might be a month from now it might be a little bit that will be so cool to have a blu-ray uh yes i recently just actually like started collecting um Uh partly just uh I don't know. I, I streaming is great, but I, I listen. I'm sure you guys listen to the Pure Cinema guys. Sure, um, mm-hmm. they, absolutely. They stress they stress the Blu-ray thing. So I've started partaking in trying to buy one Blu-ray a month. Um, so whenever Woe comes out, that will be my monthly purchase. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it comes out soon. But you can watch the movie right now because it's on VOD. Um, Matthew, so thank thank you so much for for coming on the show and talking to us about the movie. We're excited to see what you do next. We're excited to see that car. Yes. Uh, we're, we're, and I'm excited for that Blu-ray. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you guys um, so much. So thank so you nice so much for coming on the show. It's so great having you on um, on the New World Pictures podcast. So thank you so much, cool. and uh, we'll talk. I was in, I was intimidated meeting you guys, but you guys are very sweet. So thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, so are you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, it was great chatting with you. And uh, and best of luck with the movie and best of luck with the next movie. We're really excited for it. So. Can't wait. Thank you, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah.